Welcome to today's online message from Long Eaton Oasis Christian Centre. We are a church at the heart of the community, with a heart for the community. And we're so glad that you've joined us. We hope that you'll be inspired and encouraged today. Please don't hesitate to contact us. If you want to find out more, you can visit our website, www.longeatonoasis.co.uk, or you can direct message us. Great. Good morning, Oasis family. It's um, always a joy to be with you. I genuinely feel like part of the family here now. So thank you for making me feel so welcome and, um, and all of that, which is, which is just brilliant. I do, I want to get to God's word um, because I really feel as though God's put a word on my heart that is in line with some of the prophetic words that have been coming out this morning. So I really want to get to that um, as quickly as possible. But uh, obviously, I'm here advocating on behalf of children, children living in extreme need around the world. And you're making a huge difference um, as a community, as individuals, as families, coming together, supporting children living in extreme need um, around our world. So I wanted to just highlight, obviously, the impact that you're having. Um, and we'll, we'll I've got some stats up on the screen just to kind of show you the impact that you're having, but then I want to get into God's, God's word as well and encourage you from that. Is that okay? Brilliant. Okay, so as a local church, as, as Andy said, the majority of the children you're supporting are in Rwanda. Uh, currently, as a, as a community together, you're supporting 27 different children um, around the world. Obviously, the most of those are in Rwanda, but there are a few others scattered around the world as well. Um, in a moment, I'm going to put the, the faces of those, those children up on the screen, and we're going to pray for them. Um, but if you notice that your child isn't on there, come and have a word with me, because we've got a QR code and we can scan it and we can link your child into, into Oasis as well. So just very quickly, a couple of stats uh, for those of you who love stats. Uh, next slide. So uh, what all of this means is that we develop that child holistically. Okay, so it's not just about full bellies, but it's also access to education. It's also social emotional support. It's also spiritual development. It's a holistic care of the child. And so we want to make sure that there's um, hours of development. Now, the hours of children and our projects is every single Saturday, all of the projects that Compassion um, supports and develops are all through local churches. So on a Saturday, all of the sponsored children, 200, 300 of them from a local community, all come into the local church and they're taught an extracurricular activity alongside their sort of access to education throughout the week. And so all of that is age appropriate, but as they get older, it might be things like how to start a business, how to market your business, how to do finances, but also taught the scriptures as well throughout all of that. So that's the additional hours. Obviously, nutritious meals, uh, medical checkups. We want to make sure the children and their families are fit and healthy and well. And as you can see, Bibles. We want to make sure every family has a Bible in their hands as well. So that's the sort of holistic development that's going on. Next, next slide. Uh, so what that means for you, because of the 27 children that you support, over £11,000 has gone out from this house to working with children in extreme need. So can you give yourselves a big round of applause for that? Because... I fully appreciate cost of living, challenges on our own finances here in the UK. So thank you so much for your generosity. And also 25 additional people were super generous and maybe sent a birthday gift or a project gift or a family gift. All of that's really easy to do now. You can do it through the app and things like that. Anyone, anyone been on the app 
and you've got the app, it's absolutely brilliant. I'd encourage you, if you haven't, get it, because it is, makes engagement with, the child really, with your child really, really good and really simple as well. So ne- next slide, um, letters. We want to make sure words of encouragement. Can you imagine living thousands of miles away and having someone just send you a word of encouragement? Um, recently, you know, wrote to one of our sponsored children, Boaz. It was as simple as, hey, Boaz, I just want to tell you you're amazing, you're awesome, come on, champ, you've got this, keep going. Here's a word of scripture to encourage you. Little words of encouragement are so powerful. We know how much they mean to us here. So imagine living in a challenging situation in life and having a word of encouragement from thousands of miles away. So please, if you can, um, write to your sponsored child every now and again. doesn't have to be loads, but again, through the app, it makes it super simple. And I think the next slide are the pictures of the children. So there they are, 27 of them. And also, I had this printed up for you that you can put into your coffee shop. So Andy, do you want to come and... You, you can come and get this out. Um, so... If you want to just hold that up, there's a little thank you with all of the children on. So maybe that can go up in the coffee shop or something like that or in the church office. So should we pray for these children? Andy, do you want to pray for these children? Sure. Come on. As a symbol of we're reaching out and praying, can we just extend our hands towards these beautiful children here? Oh, Father, we just uh, thank you for these children. And Lord Jesus, you said, let the little children come to me. And Lord, as each of these children are sponsored and brought to you, Lord, I pray that you would reveal your heart to them, that they would know they're loved, cared for, accepted, and grow in all that you have for them. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. No worries. Thank you so much. So just want to say a huge thank you, Oasis. Um, You're making a massive, massive difference to many children and their families and the communities that they are placed in, resourcing local churches throughout the world to be able to deal with the issue of extreme poverty in their communities. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. Okay, I want to open up God's Word, if that's all right. Can you turn to uh, 1 Kings chapter 17? 1 Kings chapter 17. Lord God, thank you for your Word. Thank you that it is a light to our path. Thank you that it transforms. It helps us understand who you are, what you're like, what your kingdom is like. And Lord, I pray that this morning that that it would encourage us, but also challenge us and inspire us to become more like your son, um, to be able to live a life following the way in which Jesus lived so that we can truly see your kingdom established here on earth as it is in heaven. In your name, amen. 1 Kings chapter 17. I've, I've titled this, this talk, this preach, preach, talk. I don't know what language you use here. Uh, by the way, did you hear what Andy said when he introduced me earlier? He said, my old friend. <laughs> you can take that two different ways, can't you? As in, Andy and I have known each other for many years now. That's the one you are going for. Because I'm not that old. I mean, I know I'm 44 now, but come on, you know, not that old. But anyway, (laughs) Um, I've titled this preach, Desperate Times, Different Measures. Anyone remember, there's a phrase, isn't there? Desperate times calls for desperate measures. You know, there is that old, old um, phrase. But I I felt when when I was asking God, what do you want me to speak on this morning and and the title, I felt that it would be wrong to suggest that God gets desperate. 
Because I don't think God gets desperate. You know, God is all-powerful. He's all-knowing. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He, he's omnipresent, omniscient, omni, 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 you know, all of those different omnis. You know, I don't think God gets desperate. But what I do think he does is does, chooses to do things differently. And so desperate times, different measures. Anyone here, and, and, and I think this is where I feel as though this is flowing with what God has started to do today. Anyone feel as though every now and again they get a bit desperate? You know, I'm sure we can all attest to times in our lives where we've got a bit desperate. You know, whether it's an illness like Sylvie's gone through, amazing testimony. Thank you so much for sharing that this morning. You know, maybe it's an illness. Maybe it's a loved one who's drifted away from God. Maybe it's losing your job and wondering, how am I going to pay the mortgage next month? You know, I'm sure we've all felt desperate at times. I remember growing up uh, with young kids. You know, I mean, that was a while ago. Andy mentioned my, my boys now are 16 and 13. And so they're... they're um, Noah's my eldest, he's, t- he's in his GCSE year. He, it feels a bit desperate at times, you know. But I remember when the kids were younger and there were many a times that you got a bit desperate. Please just sleep, please. <laughs> you know, I can remember doing, anyone do quick returns? Um, you know, what, what I mean by that as a parent, you know, when you're trying to encourage your child to stay in their own bed and they get up and you quick return, quick return. I remember doing 100 one night. 100 quick returns to try and get Noah to stay in his own bed. I was desperate. Um, There was a lot of caffeine the next morning. Um, But, you know, little things like trying to make sure your kids eat. Would you please just eat the tree? You know, the broccoli. Eat the tree. Eat it. You know, just get some of those greens in. You used to do crazy things in order to just to try and get your child to eat. You know, anyone do the aeroplane? Or the helicopter, you know, and all of these sort of things. Or like, look, I'm going to eat it. Now you eat it. You know, or crazy little rhymes like, if you eat a chip, if you eat a chip, if you eat a chip, you can do a sausage jump. You know, it's just crazy. Maybe you didn't do that one. Maybe that was just a, a Grattan household thing. And then you used to jump up and do a sausage jump and eat the chip. Okay, desperate. Okay. Desperate times. Different measures, try things differently, do things differently. But I wanted to explore this morning how God does things differently. Because like I'm sure all of us can attest to at times being in a desperate situation. But sometimes I don't know whether we allow God to do things in the way that he wants to do them in our lives in order to be able to bring about a significant shift or a change. And what I'd love to explore this morning is how God might turn up differently in order to be able to bring a solution to those desperate times that all of us face. Maybe you're not necessarily going through one at the moment, but I guarantee you, you will at some point. You know, and so what can we learn about the way that God does things in order to be able to bring about a shift? Because in Isaiah 43, 19, it's quite clear that God wants to do new things, different things. It says, see... I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? It's almost as if God is saying, do you not see the difference? Do you not see the different way in which I might be doing something? You know, it says this, I am making a way in the wilderness 
and streams in the wasteland. Making a way in the wilderness. Making a way where you feel maybe you're just going round and round. You know, this is the difference that compassion makes with children and families living in extreme need because it's a generational cycle that just keeps going round and round and round. And maybe you feel as though you've got a bit stuck. You just keep going round. Maybe it's a habit that just keeps coming round and round. You know, but this is the the waste, the, the wilderness that God's talking about here and, and the wasteland, you know, that place of barrenness. That place where you've been holding on to this promise of God for generations or for a long, long time. Now I believe that God wants to start to bring new life in that area. In those areas of your life where you've maybe felt a bit barren, a bit dry, a bit worn out. Let the stream come. Let the river start to flow. I believe God wants to do something different. But how does God do things differently? What do we need to be aware of or looking out for? How might God want to show up in your life this coming week or over the coming months or over the coming year? What, what might God want to do that's different for this church, for this community of believers together in this town? What might God want to do? And this passage, I really believe, just reveals three things, three simple things about the way that God might want to do something different in a desperate time. 1 Kings chapter 17. I'm gonna, we're going to read the whole of 1 Kings chapter 17, but we're going to break it up into three different sections. It says this from verse 1. Now Elijah the Tishbite from Tishbeer in Gilead, I have no idea whether I've said all those <laughs> names right, but we'll go with it, said to Ahab, As the Lord, the God of Israel lives, whom I serve, there will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years except at my word. So this is a desperate season. They're in a drought. They're in a season where there's going to be no rain. The riverbeds are going to dry up. There's going to be potentially famine in the land because of a lack of rain. So this is a desperate time. It says this, Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Leave here, turn eastward, and hide in the Kerith Ravine, east of the Jordan. You will drink from the brook, and I have ordered the ravens to feed you there. So he did what the Lord had told him. He went to the Kerith Ravine, east of the Jordan, and stayed there. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. A strange miracle is taking place here, but what can we learn from this? The first thing is this. Desperate times, different provision. Different provision. I would... Ravens. Anyone an ornithologist? A little bit. A bit. Or a twitcher. That's another word for it, isn't it? (laughs) But I don't know whether you've looked into ravens, but they're not the type of bird that shares their food. They're the type of bird that scavenge. They're the type of bird that keep for themselves. They're the type of bird that goes out, finds a dead carcass and keeps it. Apparently, they are aggressive omnivores. Okay, so they, they pretty much keep everything for themselves. They'll eat anything. They'll, they'll keep it for them. And yet God's used a raven to supply for the prophet, for Elijah. Different provision. You see, what I felt God was saying in this is so often we are fixated on the way God provides rather than being fixed on the God who provides. 
So often in our lives, we look at the way God has done things in the past and expect him to do the same now. And we have to broaden our thinking, allow God to give different provision into our lives for the different seasons that we're in. Don't become so fixated on the way God has provided. Instead, fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Fix our eyes on the God who provides. You know, when you read throughout Scripture, you see time and time again God providing differently, different provision in different seasons. You know, when the Israelites were wandering around in the desert, he provided manna. They'd never seen manna before. What's this? This is new. This is a different thing. This is different provision. I've not experienced this provision before. And yet it was life-giving. It enabled the Israelites to be able to survive the time in the desert, in the wilderness. Uh, Remember the story of Gideon in the Old Testament? I I love the Gideon passage. I'm not going to go to read it now. But, you know, there's all this battles going on. And God takes this massive army, whittles it down through different ways. You know, anyone a bit scared? Okay, go home. Okay, drink from the water. Okay, whoever laps, get rid of them. But whoever brings the water to their mouth, they can stay. And then, oh, by the way, you don't need your swords. All you need is, you know, jars, put a candle in it, and a trumpet. What? A totally different way of providing the victory. But God wants to do things differently. Again, with Moses in the desert, at one point, he says, um, strike the rock and water will come out. The next moment, it's speak to the rock. God is in the business of doing things differently and providing for us differently. I remember one time in you know, a personal testimony with this, uh, we, were, we were a one-car family and we had young kids and we felt that God had called us to take some time out of paid ministry within church. And so I went to work in the corporate world and needed to, got a job but needed to be able to commute to that job. We only had one car. What do we do about this? How am I going to get to work? And we were praying about it, went round to some friends of ours' house and then the The husband said, oh, Luke, just come with me into the back garden. There was a motorbike sat there. You know, just different provision. I mean, I wasn't thinking, okay, let's go the motorbike route. I was thinking maybe the car, something a little bit that you don't get cold when you're riding around. But anyway, it was like, okay, God, thank you. But just different provision. And what might God want to do in this next season for you? Let's not become fixated on the way God provides, but instead fix our eyes on the God who provides. What might that look like for you? The next thing is this, because I'm aware of time. It says this from verse 7. Sometime later, the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Okay, then the word of the Lord came to him. Go at once to Zarephath of Sidon and stay there. I have commanded a widow in that place to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks He called to her and asked, would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called, and bring me, please, a piece of bread. Um, Okay. Verse 12, as surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. I am gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Okay, desperate situation here. Here's a widow who was on the edge of death, going to make the last meal before her son and herself died. Elijah said to her, 
Don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said. But first, make a small cake of bread for me from what you have, from what you have and bring it to me. And then make yourself you, um, something for yourself and your son. Hold on, Elijah. That's a bit harsh, isn't it? You know, this, is, this feels like exploitation here. <laughs> you know, the, desperate situation, but just make a bit of bread for me first, would you? Oh, what is going on here? For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. The jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord gives rain on the land. She went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah, for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry, in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. We're going to pause there. What is the next thing that I feel that we need to learn about the way that God does different things? Desperate times, different partnerships. Different partnerships. Who'd have thought a widow would be invited into this miracle? Who would have thought that it was the widow that would be part of the plan in order for, that God wanted to bring about? You know, a widow, someone who was on a, you know, literally about to make her last meal and then go and die, and yet God says, no, 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 come and be a partner in this miracle. So many times we count ourselves out because of what we've walked through or the situations in life, or the circumstances you're in, or because of your history, or your past. But God is saying, come and partner with me. Different partnership God wants to put in place in order to be able to see some of the miracles take place in you, through you, in our communities. God is putting divine partnerships together. If you notice right at the, at the start here, it's, it's almost as if Elijah's saying, you know, because she, she uses the language of your God, okay, your God. And we're going to come back to that in a little bit. She, the widow uses the language of your God. And it's as if Elijah's saying, and, and like I say, you could, go, you could question what is Elijah doing here? Because this feels like exploitation. But what I believe he's doing is he's saying, no, 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 no. I want you to experience for yourself the character of God. I want you to experience for yourself the wonders of when you engage with the kingdom of heaven. You know, and that's what God is wanting to do with you. He's wanting to say, come and see how good it is. Come and partner with the kingdom of God. Come and be a part of this amazing thing of what I'm about to do. This is why it's so important that we are in community together. It's so important that we're in small groups and life groups and connect groups around our area, that you're partnering with other people, that together, you know, the scriptures are very clear, do not give up on the act of meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing. It's so important that we partner with each other, partner together in small groups, partner together in wider community, but then also partner together with what God is doing in our midst and in our town and our area. It's amazing what God can do when we say, okay, here I am, send me. Let me partner together with you, God, and see what you might want to do through this. And I really feel as though in desperate times, we need to be open for different partnerships. Different partnerships. Um, It's interesting, actually. I'm not going to say too much because he might actually, is this being recorded or live streamed or just recorded? Okay, so it might go out, but... um, I've been asking God recently, God, I'm so, 
I'm in a, I'm in a Christian world at the moment. You know, I work for a Christian organization. Most of my friends are Christians. You know, other than on my street where we engage with my neighbors and things like that. But I was sort of saying, God, I, I really want to have a, a um, go on a journey with someone. Uh, give me someone to disciple. You know, I want to be, and I go, I go to the gym, and, and recently God's brought a Hindu man into my world, and it's just wonderful to see that partnership and what God is starting to do through that as we talk life, as we talk faith, as we talk family. It's amazing to see what God can do. Different partnerships God wants to put us into. The last thing is this. From verse 17, sometime later, This is hard. Sometime later, the son of the woman who owned the house became ill. He grew worse and worse and finally stopped breathing. What? You know, isn't it amazing how many times we think we've just had the last battle and then there's another one just around the corner? How many of us have experienced that? When life, you think, okay, it's just getting a little bit easier. And then all of a sudden, something else sideswipes us or comes out of nowhere. Desperate times. Finally stopped breathing. She said to Elijah, what do you have against me, man of God? Did you come to remind me of my sin and kill my son? Give me your son, Elijah replied. He took him from her arms, carried him to the upper room where he was staying and laid him on his bed. Then he cried out to the Lord, O Lord my God, have you brought tragedy also upon this widow I am staying with by causing her son to die? Then he stretched himself out on the boy there three times and cried to the Lord, O Lord my God, let this boy's life return to him. The Lord heard Elijah's cry and the boy's life returned to him and he lived. Elijah picked up the child and carried him down from the room into the house. He gave him to the mother and said, look, your son is alive. Then the woman said to Elijah, now I know that you are a man of God and that the word of the Lord from your mouth is the truth. Desperate times, different plans. Different plans. Proverbs 16 verse 9 says, in their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. In Isaiah 55, 8 to 9, it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Who would have thought the plan, the plan that was going to get the woman to a place of faith? Okay, remember the language that was used in this passage. At the start, she was saying, Your God. At the end here, she's saying the word, the, Lord from, the word of the Lord from your mouth is the truth. To get the woman to a place of faith, it was going to take her son to die. That would have not been my plan. Not a chance. But how many times does God's plans far ex- out, you know, exceed our understanding? We, we question, why God? Why have I gone through this? Why have I gone through infertility? Why have I gone through the loss of a job? Why have I gone through the loss of a loved one? Why have I gone through this, my, you know, a family member walking away from God? Why have I gone through this? Why have I ended up moving to Long Eaton? Why have I gone through this? You know, 
We all have these whys, don't we? When we think about the plans that we had set in motion for our lives, but here we are and it's a totally different plan. I didn't have a plan years ago to be working for Compassion. That was not part of the plan. In fact, when I was, a, when I was uni and all that kind of age, I was, I was going to be a PE teacher and teach geography. That was the plan. <laughs> you know, and here I am, totally different plan. But God, I think, in desperate times, puts into place different plans. You know, when you think about the whole redemptive story, he tried the plan of sacrificing animals to cleanse us from our sin. But he had to put a different plan in place. He needed to send his own son to die for us. Desperate times, different plans. A different plan in order to be able to redeem the whole of mankind, bring us back into relationship with our Father in heaven. Totally different plan. What plan might God want to be doing and putting into place in your life? that's different to what we thought, or we thought it should be like this. In desperate times, there's going to be different plans. You know, oh God, if only we could just catch a glimpse of what God is doing. But I think we can. Out of a place of prayer, out of a place of the Holy Spirit revealing to us, there is hope. We can hold on to that God loves us, that he's a secure foundation, and that even might, we might not fully understand or fully grasp the different provision, you know, the different partnerships, the different plans that God's putting in place. We know that he is good. And that's the song, The Goodness of God. We know that you are good, God. And we can hold on to that hope and that truth. I want to play you a short video clip and then I'm going to come back and pray and, and we're going to work out how to close out this service. I don't know what this is going to look like at the moment, Andy, because I just wonder whether there's some people that could do with some prayer because they're really feeling pretty desperate at the moment. You know, and we, we, want, to, we want to stand with you and, and pray with you and believe with you that you're going to see different provision, you're going to see different partnerships, different friendships and also see some different plans come into place. And so we're going to believe for that together. But I want to show you a short video clip because I'm here advocating on behalf of children who need a different plan in order to be able to break that cycle of extreme poverty over their life. And I want to encourage you because there is hope. God is in the business of doing different things in order to be, bring about his plans in the world, And this is a fantastic testimony story of a family who is open to God doing something different. Let's just watch this. It was early one morning and I was going to work in my banana plantation when I found a baby crying. She had been abandoned at just one month old and we couldn't find her parents. We took her in and did our best to raise her. My husband Daniel and I were born into very poor families. I never had the chance to go to school and because of Daniel's disability, he's also limited in what he can do. As a baby, I didn't always have food for blessing. 
I tried to find extra work I could do in exchange for milk. But because I couldn't feed her properly, she had many health problems and became severely malnourished. But I had to do what I could, even though she wasn't mine, and I believed that with the little I had, I could give her an opportunity to live. This community is affected by extreme poverty. In fact, it is some of the worst poverty that I have ever seen. Many people in this community struggle to survive. It is even more remarkable, therefore, to meet the Businja family, a family that was already struggling, but decided to receive an abandoned child who was not their responsibility and made him part of their family. But they made a choice to step in and help because they thought that was the right thing to do. We had a small piece of land, but not enough to sustain us. So I would work as a day laborer in other people's farms. And Daniel sold the products he made as a blacksmith to try and get enough food to feed our family. But things got really hard when our regions suffered drought and we entered into severe famine. I didn't have food to feed the children. So when compassion came to our village, we were so happy. There was new hope in the community. There was so much joy. Everything has changed. Blessing and two of her brothers are now sponsored. They are going to school for the first time and they are so happy. What has happened in this community is clear evidence that the cycle of poverty can be broken. When you look at compassion's impact, in a community where less than 10% of the children are able to go to school, and the partnership between compassion and the local churches, where that has been turned around to enable over 90% to be able to access education, that's remarkable. The transformation that is happening here within a short time is incredible. And the long-term effect of this transformation will be felt for many years. I truly believe that our response to poverty should be like the one of the Wusinja family. When they found this abandoned baby in their banana plantation, they were left with a choice. Instead of turning away, considering that that was too much for them to take on, they asked a question, what can we do? They decided to take this baby into their hands, into their home, and into their family. They decided to begin with a child. We named this child Blessing, which means God have mercy, because our prayer was that God would have mercy on us in our very poor state. And I can say that Blessing has truly been a blessing. Shut
God's in the business of doing something different. He's in the business of transforming lives, transforming communities, and he wants to invite you into that journey. He wants to say, come on, don't discount yourself, step up. Come on, you can do something. You know, come to me and, and see what I might want to do different in your life and in, in and through you. See the ways in which I want to provide for you. See the ways in which I want to put you in community with different partnerships. See the ways in which I've got different plans that are higher, that are bigger than you could ever dream or imagine. Just come to me and see what I might be able to do. You know, and I'd love to invite you into part of that journey. It's just a part of it in regards to sponsoring a child this morning. Maybe you already sponsor a child and you could add a second. Um, we've got some older children here. This is a 19-year-old. He'll have probably lost his sponsors for whatever reason over the years, but 19-year-old Isingizwe from Rwanda. So maybe, maybe, that's, maybe that's part of your response this morning, to say, okay, God, I'd love to be a part of what you're doing different around the world in regards to releasing children from poverty. I'd love to just invite the band back up. Could we sing Goodness of God again? Um, but what I'd love to do is just give you a moment to respond to what God maybe has been saying this morning. Maybe you're in a desperate time. Okay, maybe you're feeling pretty desperate this morning. I don't know whether this is the culture, but Andy just said, go with it and just see what God might want to do. We would love to pray with you. I would love to pray with you. I'm sure you, Andy and the team and Adrian have got some um, prayer warriors who would love to stand with you. Because if you're in a desperate time, I want to stand with you and believe that you're going to see something different take place over this next week, over this next month, as you come into partnership with the kingdom of heaven. Let's see what God might do in you and through you. Is that okay? Um, and then please, at the end, if you'd like to come and have a chat with me um, about sponsoring a child, that'd be brilliant. The young people over the next few weeks are going to hear about a fantastic way of raising some money to buy computers for children um, living um, around the world without access to spe specialized equipment like that. And I'm sure Andy will let you know a little bit more about that over the coming weeks. Should we stand together? Let's stand together. Lord God, thank you so much for your word. And we stand here this morning believing that there is hope, that there is life, that there are different things that you want to do in our lives and through our lives today. And Lord, as we sing this song, if there's anyone here this morning that just needs someone to stand with them, that maybe they're feeling a bit desperate, Lord, that they would take that step of faith. They would come and stand and we're going to please feel free to come and stand down the front here and we'd love to pray with you. If you're feeling in a desperate place and wanting God to see, see God do something different, then respond to the word this morning and we'd love to pray with you. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you that is life-giving. Thank you that we're able to stand here today knowing a bit more about the way that you operate in your kingdom. Lord, thank you for all that you're doing around the world. It's incredible what you're doing. In your name.